Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You listen to this station because you like getting what you want, right? Same idea behind the Sleep Number bed. You choose the exact firmness you want, your Sleep Number setting, and so does your partner. No compromise, no battle. Just the right sleep and individualized comfort for the both of you. You can only find Sleep Number at a Sleep Number store. Don't miss the lowest prices of the season. Save $400 on the C4 Queen mattress set, just $1499.98. Find us at one of our five stores in the Cincinnati area. For your local store, visit sleepnumber.com. No better sleep with Sleep Number. Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of the uh, the grueling truth. It's Thursday night, which means we've got another NFL legend on. Um, first off, I want to introduce my co-host, who is a San Francisco 49er fan. Remember, so don't hang up just because of that. So he bullies me all the time. But Matt Andrew Scavage, how you doing tonight, Matt? I'm always doing great. Always good to uh, be on with another NFL legend. And yes, loud and proud 49er fan, just as you're loud and proud Bengal fan. Well, I'm not really that loud and proud that I'm a Bengals fan. You probably didn't need to tell Matt that because he might hang up now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but our guest tonight, as I, we were just speaking with him a couple minutes ago, I thought the three best outside linebackers in the late 70s were Jack Ham, Robert Brazil, and this man here, Matt Blair. And we had Robert Brazil a couple weeks ago. I told him all we got to do is get, you know, Pick up Jack Ham, and we'll have all three of them taken care of. But Matt Blair was one of the great outside linebackers, I think, in NFL history, one of the most underrated, played in six straight Pro Bowls, played in two Super Bowls. Help me welcome to the grueling truth our guest, Matt Blair. How you doing tonight, Matt? I'm doing fine, guys. How you guys doing? Uh, we're doing great. Real good. Glad to have you. No, good to be with well, you guys. We'll start off. Um, at what age did you start playing football? I mean, what are your first my, memories my, of – yeah. Yeah. Well, my first memories I do remember is that when I was in high school, um, my last two years I had to play because I didn't have a way to go to college. So by playing football, I played football and I played basketball and I played uh, baseball and I ran track uh, in high school. And by the time that I uh, finished uh, doing all that, uh, it was uh, okay, but I did not uh, have a scholarship to go to play any sports. And then at the University of Cincinnati, a coach came down and told me, if you go down to NEO down in Oklahoma, it's a junior college, you can probably try out and get a scholarship and play on the team. And that was my only opportunity that I had because I had uh, not 
been a great uh, education type side because I didn't have the the right, I guess, uh, grade levels you have to be at. So I went down, parents dropped me off and told me, don't come home until you make it happen. And so I went down and I tried out and they they gave me the opportunity to uh, make this team and... um, and I did, but the first thing they gave us the, a chance to do was you were supposed to run a, a mile run. So there was 164 guys trying to make this uh, uh, scholarship time and and team. And then so I ran the first mile I've ever ran in a, in a long time, and it was 10 each time that we went down, so 16 different uh, uh, sections, and so there's always one guy that challenges you, in, uh, or two guys that challenge you in, in, a, in a run, and so the guy as I was running, he was getting ahead of me, and I'm saying, oh, geez, i got to stay with this guy so I can get the scholarship. So I kept pushing, kept pushing, but he won, and when they gave the times for the run at the end, and, and so he had the best time, and I came in and about the seventh place of out of 164 guys trying to get a scholarship. So from there, I made the team. Didn't get to play as start, but I played on the special team, and then we won the junior college championship that year. And then from there, um, came back and played basketball, and we did okay there and went to the playoff games. And then after that, uh, that whole year that I was down there, I grew two and a half inches, gained thirty pounds, and then I was six five and a half, and I was uh, two uh, two thirty, and when I was a sophomore. But then all these, since we won the junior college championship, they all these different colleges wanted me to come to their schools, and I had basketball teams and football teams, and so. I just uh, decided that uh, I'll pick between the last two were Florida State and Iowa State. And so I finished up, and I, Johnny Majors told me at Iowa State, if you come here, you're going to be on the fourth team. And so I came, and that's what happened. I got on the fourth team, and and I worked my way up to the first team. And, of course, we won. We 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 came in uh, third place in, uh, in the big uh, – was Big Eight back then, but now it's because it's Big Twelve. But anyway, uh, we uh, we went to the Sun Bowl, and then the Sun Bowl, I did something again. We lost the Sun Bowl uh, against uh, ISU, ISU, and but I was the most valuable player on defense, and that's when the NFL started checking on me then. And then so uh, I came back my next year. I was going to be drafted, but then I. I got a knee injury and I had to sit out for the year. And then the next year I came back and came back and did well and made All-American for the University of Iowa State and played in different games uh, um, as an All-American team. And and then the NFL drafted me in the second round. And that's when I started in 1974 with the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, you were drafted in '74 uh, to the Vikings. And what, what was it like to 
uh, get drafted and start as a rookie for a team filled with uh, so much talent. So you know the famed Purple Leaders, and you had you know Paul Krause in the secondary. Um, what was it like for you as a rookie to start with those guys? Well, it was very, very uh, uh, interesting to be with the Purple People Leaders because at that time in the in um, NFL, they were the best line that was, you know, in four that would just did a great job of making things happen. And just to be with those guys, it was just outstanding. And I know um, uh, it was just something that uh, um, you, you have to work at it. Because the di- difference was Fred McNeil, my best friend, uh, he was drafted in the first round as a linebacker and I was drafted in the second round as a linebacker. And he was and they had only five linebackers the year before. So my mind says I have to think about making this team because Fred McNeil, you know, he's in the first round and they're going to keep him for sure. And then I'm just trying to say I got to make this team. So I had to, I worked and worked and worked and worked. And the best thing about it, though, I made the team and Fred made the team. And it was just something that it was just something that we just had to work and but those but I think playing with those guys on the purple people here is a little bit easier to make the team. <laughs> so uh <laughs> it was good. It was it was just good. And I just enjoyed being with the guys because they were just a very creative type of uh uh players and uh and just being with them was just cool. Well, um your rookie season like I said, you were on a great team, great defense. You made it to the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe talk a little bit about what it was like to play in the Super Bowl, especially as a rookie. All of a sudden, you're in the biggest game that everybody watches. And on top of that, you made probably in the four Super Bowls the Vikings were in, you probably made the biggest play that any Viking ever made in a Super Bowl with your blocked kick or blocked punt against the Steelers. Could you tell us a little bit about what that day was like? Well, you, you know, the again, we're taught what we need to do as we get into as rookies, and that is something that over the years that uh, we go through. Uh, but those guys there, they made it happen for me a little bit easier because, again, I think by playing in basketball when I was in junior college and, uh, and it, I can – jump up and slam dunk the ball because I grew up a little bit taller. And I, that was something that I, I didn't know I was going to be doing in the NFL by jumping up and blocking kicks. But that was something that helped me and from blocking punts and blocking field goals and extra points. It was just something that, uh, you know, timing was everything. But But they helped me because they tried to move the line back and so I can take a one more step closer and try to jump up and block, and that's what it all made it happen for our team because we blocked quite a few kicks in uh, the time that I was there and the time they were there with me. And it was just something that uh, we as a uh, as a defensive team could do, and we did that. And, and then Super Bowl nine that I went to, I blocked our only 
score in the Super Bowl, and the and uh, I, I think it was uh, Jeff Wright um, basically um, he uh, fixed the ball and ran it in, and that was our touchdown. But our uh, I think Fred Cox he missed the extra point, <laughs> so that was yeah. our only score. <laughs> and, and people said, "Hey, you're." That was our only score that you made for us. And I said, yeah, it was. But, but again. Those damn um, straight on kickers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, but that, was, uh, that was exciting. And, and I didn't know, and at the time, that was very important, you know, but we still lost the game. But, again, um, just being part of that was just uh, awesome. And uh, being a rookie is just awesome also to be in the Super Bowl nine. And uh, just being a part of that uh, great uh, team for the Vikings uh, was awesome as well for me, and and uh, and just being being there. I, you know, in the seventies, um, in the NFC, there probably the three powerhouses were your team, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Los Angeles Rams. Seemed to be the consistent battles of the nineteen seventies. And there probably was no greater game that your team played in against the Dallas Cowboys than the, the following year in the 75 playoff game, which became known as a Hail Mary game. I always felt that the 75 Vikings overall were the strongest Viking team of the 70s. Mike might, Mike might have a different opinion on that one. But uh, I thought you guys matched up real well with the Cowboys. Uh, and obviously, the, the way the game ended, um, what was walk us through uh, that particular uh, game, and um, you know what it was like to play against a player like Roger Staubach? Yeah. Well, I think that is uh, one of the years that you know a lot of people probably somewhat remember for the Viking players and Viking uh, fans. But uh, when we played against you know, Dallas Cowboys and and how we were doing so good so far, but then at the end they uh throw the pass and uh you know, they get the first down. But when they threw the pass and get the first down, the player had been out of bounds, but the, I guess the uh, umpire said he was uh he I mean he was in bounds and so they gave him the catch. But that was something that, you know, we just I mean, it just shouldn't happen and I guess if we'd had the videotape at that time, we would probably be able to see it and show them that it was out of bounds. But anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> but that that was all. That was the toughest part. But that was the toughest year for the Vikings defense because we did a great job on a lot of teams uh, over the year in '74. I mean '75 that just made us, you know, uh, be uh, strong because our offense wasn't as Good. I know Fran Tarkson was definitely a strong quarterback, but he just couldn't get the things moving the way we should have. But the defense made a lot of things. But, you know, when you think about it, if the defense gets the interception or gets the fumble uh, on the 10 or 5-yard line closer to the other side, then we don't have to, you know, have the offense run the ball all the way down and, and score the, the touchdown. And I think that was our difference in our defense making all these plays for our offense so they can score. And that's how we had a great year in 1975. 
and that was just something that was just good for the defense doing well for us. And I was very excited because, when, you know, my rookie year I started, and and then I I started playing because um, Mr. Wilson he he got hurt, and I had to start playing. And uh, and then my second year I started playing, and uh, and and stayed there. But those I guess our defense was just the best. And uh, I mean our defensive backs. Uh, I, I think that year also uh, I believe uh, uh, Nate Wright I think had uh, I think six interceptions that year. Um, but it was just a great year to play. And and if we would have if they wouldn't have Call the guy inbound against Dallas, we would probably won the Super Bowl that year for sure. Okay. Um, your first couple of years, I mean, as a Minnesota Viking, you played for what I think was one of the greatest coaches in NFL history that nobody really mentions when they talk about great coaches. That was Bud Grant. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to play for Bud Grant? you have any memorable stories about him? Oh, you know, there was something that I, I did when I was uh, – uh, when I was a rookie, that uh, uh, my first year had some money uh, I, I, that I would do. I bought a camera and taking pictures of just taking pictures of anything I see in life that God lets you see. I just like to take the pictures, and so by me taking these pictures, Bud Grant, I, I had taken pictures of him, uh, everybody on the team, and it was just something that. Um, it was just awesome to see at that time, and I still have those pictures today uh, of the past of my my teammates when we're at training camp or when we're going down to Miami, out in the the ocean. There, we're like you know hanging out, just just being cool and and working out. But it was just like, but it was just the difference is that. Um, Showing the pictures was cool because I remember I had some pictures of Bud Grant. He was outside uh, and it was during training camp down in Mankato, and we're we're supposed to be like in our uh, bedroom sleeping, but he's out playing bocce ball, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 he's playing with some of the defensive players, and and so he's out playing with them. But it's free time, you know. You can just go. You play basketball. You can go and sleep, whatever. But we, most guys be sleeping. But but I'd go take the picture of him playing. But he was just one of those coaches that I think was just uh, very good for for the young players and the older players because he's he's been a great uh, athlete himself when he was going through his career, and you know he played what uh, I think professional basketball and he was one of those guys that just knew how to do it and make it work and and he made us work at things that he told us to do because he always would challenge us and say if you don't do this right you know I'm going to come back to you and tell you that you're not doing it right and if I tell you three times you're not going to be around because I won't tell you again so he would make you really think about things you have to do and he was a good coach for us and and that was something that was just I think uh, outstanding um, for the Minnesota Vikings having him as a coach um, in Minnesota. Yeah, Bud Grant definitely one of the finest coaches that doesn't get 
mentioned, like Mike said. So you know, you've really, you know, you start out uh, in 1974, and your first few years in the league, you know, many players can only dream of being a part of the things that you were, you were a part of, uh, even though uh, the way it didn't end the way, obviously, you probably wanted. So you go back to the Super Bowl um, in, in 76, uh, and play against the Oakland Raiders. Um, just you had so many uh, the players that you played with, and yourself. Just the end have to be the envy of so many other players. Play against so many fabulous players. Um, tell us about uh, what it was like. You know, going you know the, the '76 season, and then following into the '77 season, uh, going back to the Super Bowl and things like that. Well, the, I guess the, uh, the the main uh, part of it is that you know when you're uh, when you 74 you're in the Super Bowl and then 75 you know you get beat and you you don't get to go to the Super Bowl uh, but you had a good year but then again that's where again Mr. Grant said all right guys you know you look at it this way. What you've done the last two years uh, has been great, very outstanding uh, in the NFL. Let's pick it up and let's try to move to the next section and let's see if we can get this Super Bowl one for the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL. And that's what we did. We tried to work at it, and um, it was just something that was uh, something good for us to work at. And we just, uh, uh, as, as teammates, and everybody worked together, and we, you know, just just picked up the pace a little bit, and 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 it was just uh, uh, something that was taught to us uh, every day that we had to keep working at it, uh, and and going back in to the Super Bowl again in '76 was just again another awesome way of of, of giving the right directions and what we had to do. And I just know that, uh, um, and, and that was my third year, uh, knowing how good it was to be in uh, another Super Bowl. Um, and that was something I just thought it was uh, uh, for us as a team and a defensive team uh, was, the, you know, the big factor. Um, but then uh, Fran Tarkton, of course, you know, the quarterback, you know, and Chuck Foreman, and uh, just all these great, uh, talented uh, uh, teammates uh, on offense was just outstanding, and and it just one of those things that we just kept doing everything the right way, and and uh, it was wonderful to uh, to see all these again uh, players on defense and offense doing what we we're doing. And it was just wonderful. Okay. 1977, you're coming off another Super Bowl, but I believe it was around week eight or nine, Fran Tarkington breaks his leg. I think Bob Lee was the backup quarterback. The game I remember most from you was, I think it was week 10, like the week after. You guys won a game 10-7 in Chicago where your defense played outstanding. I think you blocked a kick and returned it like 10 or 15 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. You guys... I think you guys ended up going nine and five, and your defense just played unreal with Tarkington out. You guys went to the playoffs. You, were, I think, you were pretty good underdogs against the Rams, and you get out there, and it was basically a monsoon. And 
I was like eight years old at the time, and that's still my favorite game ever. I got a complete DVD of the game. I watch it all the time. Love the mud. Just talk about that season and the way your team overcame Tarkington getting hurt. I think you guys made it all the way to the NFC Championship game that year. Yeah, exactly. And that's what uh, took place uh, again. Um, But, you know, when Fran did get hurt and – and uh and then Kramer came in and, and did the quarterback side of it. it. It's just all those things that uh you know, as you work at and where you're getting it's your turn now, uh, uh Tommy Kramer for you to start throwing the ball so you start being like Fran Tarkington and that's what he did. And he just used his knowledge and, and, and from uh from from Fran to uh, and it is that was one of those things that it was just working good for Tommy Kramer, and, and he was just awesome too. And and that is something that that year for him was outstanding. And and again, the the defense made it easier for him, uh, and it helped him out, and he just made things happen. But again, that year was you know you go through, um, you're playing this, you're playing that, and and everything starts to work, um, but it's just—I mean, it's just awesome to see all that happening. And the defense, you know, we just—we just, we just uh, uh, made things easier for the offense, get it closer for it to them to, to the uh, uh, goal line, and, and so. But uh, it was just to see uh, Tommy Kramer come through and make things happen. Um, he was a great quarterback as well. All right. Um, Real quick, I want to remind listeners, we're talking with former six-time Pro Bowl outside linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings, Matt Blair. Um, The show is 30 minutes live and then 15 minutes of archive time, so we will cut off at the bottom of the hour. If you're listening to the interview live, you can catch the interview at the top of the hour at midnight Eastern time, 11 o'clock Central time. Uh, Matt? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the uh, you know you're, you're talking about block kicks and yeah. how you know you're got a lot of that ability from your uh, basketball days. Uh, you know, but you, you know you ended up with like 20 of them. I think you're third all time in the most block kicks in history. There's a lot of guys that played basketball and stuff. What what was it though that uh, that really separates you from the rest and gave you that ability to be able to do it? On, at such a level that they that Don Shula actually lobbied to change the rule <laughs> to make it harder for Well, I guess uh, well the one thing about it was that the easiest one was uh, when I'd say the defensive line purple people leaders were in front of me and they're when I'm getting ready to block a field goal or extra point, it was easier to get higher at the position I'm at as I like in a slam dunk of basketball, then I'd do the same thing there. That was probably the best way because they moved the, the offensive line backwards and that gave me a, one more step closer to jump up from. But blocking sure. a kick but blocking a kick on a punt, you know, that was something that, you know, I was just told just to go and try to block it and I was tall enough to do that. Well, 
I mean, I, I just know this, and, you know, like you, like you said, you know, I blocked more kicks than anybody in the NFL, uh, but you can't count them because they're in the preseason games or they're in the postseason games. And I blocked three uh, against uh, the New Orleans Saints in a preseason game. And it's like it was one of those that, I mean, I just try to jump up and block and, and and from the punt side of it, you know, when he's punting the ball, and I guess just the timing of it, because my, my other teammate, Fred McNeil, he was on the left side, and I was on the right side, and coming from the right side, most of the the punters, they're right footers. They're not left footers. So they're going to be punting a little bit to the right. Uh, so I, I was, I mean, uh, able to get up and, and and stretch out, and I was tall enough, and and most of the people to try to block me are a little bit shorter than I was, and and that was the best thing that I guess that happened, and and especially you know when you when you're blocking when I blocked one against uh, uh, in Chicago one time, I just couldn't believe that that happened, and and it just it, I mean. It, that's the stuff that it just happens, and and then you you know you do it again against you know New Orleans Saints. So it's like it's, all those things just happen, and I think that was probably the the best thing was going for me at times. But uh, I just uh, it's something that you just work at it, you know, and, and that's what I did. Sure did. Well, one well. thing I always like one thing I always like to ask people is. Who influenced your career more than anybody else? I mean, was it somebody and when you were in high school? Was it somebody with the Vikings, maybe a player that took you under a wing or a coach? I mean, you want to speak on that a little bit? Well, I think when I, as I grew from junior college to Iowa State to um, to the NFL, I think the people that have made possible for me to be better at what I'm doing is that, you know, uh, again, when I was coming to um, the junior college in um, Oklahoma, I had to make the team. And so I think that was the best part about it, making the team and trying to get that scholarship and it pushed myself. And then when I got to Iowa State, um, Johnny Majors told me, uh, Mr. Blair, we're going to put you on the fourth team. You have to work yourself to get to the first team. And that made a change for me. And then from there, when I came to um, Minnesota Vikings, Bud Grant and his defensive uh, coach on, I don't know his name right now, but he told me, you know, if you're going to make this thing work, if you're going to make this thing work, you have to push yourself. You have to make this thing really get into it and and start making things happen. And so when I blocked my first punt, the the coach, again, I can't remember his name, he came, he, he came up to me and told me, now see, I told you, you push yourself, and look what you just did. Now go do it again. And I said, okay, I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it again. And he says, now see, now I told you. You 
see, you just kind of keep doing that stuff, and it'll work. And so that that made me, again, push myself and try to, you know, block kicks um, and punts, and that's just what I just worked at. And it was just something that, um, you know, you're you're told what to do. But, again, Bud Grant also, as we would go to training camp sometimes, he would say, okay, um, how many did you block last year? And they said, okay, now I want you to try to move it a little bit more this year. So, again, people tell you that you have to work at things, and that's what I I just tried to do. And, uh, and I mean, that's special team. That's not really working on the, the football side of it. Uh, when you talk about your own position as outside linebacker, but that's just on the special team side of it. And, again, I, I guess I played uh, – you know, on the special teams, uh, um, on every every uh, uh, team that you have to do when you go on special teams, and that was something that made it possible for me to you know work on things. You know, it's and it's it's no secret um, that you don't have to be a Minnesota Viking fan to appreciate just how good of a team you guys had in the 1970s. Um, you know. I always like uh, guys like Alan Page and uh, Jim Marshall. Yetney, uh, uh, Jim Marshall always said that Alan Page was, uh, how do you put it, uh, a little different. <laughs> you got any, uh, any stories about uh, uh, like Jim Marshall, Alan Page, Jim, uh, no, Paul Krause, any of those guys? Well, uh, I would say I picked the, 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 the players that were uh, the best on the team, on the defensive side, I would put I would pick Alan Page, Jim Marshall, uh, uh, Gary Larson, and uh, and Carl Eller. Now, those guys, the way they would approach coming through the line, the way they did, it makes it uh, it would make it a lot easier to make the move that the coaches told you to do and then do your other part that you want to get to the quarterback. And they did those things all the time. One of them would break it through, and, and the quarterback would be running to their side. And then, um, and then of course, either uh, Jim Marshall would stop him if it's going to the right, or Eller Stuckers going to the left because he was on the outside, both on the outside. And then, of course, Alan Page would go straight up the middle, and Gary Larson goes straight up the middle. And it always would have either the running backs or having the quarterback, you know, dodge to the left, dodge to the right when you got the players coming in there. And they always did that. So I think that was the best thing about those four guys, that they just knew how to do it and make those plays. And I was very impressed. And um, so the, the, the part that I liked about it is that when they did that and when they would run, the, if the ball was being a running game, I had to make sure I keep myself uh, on the outside left because I was an outside left linebacker that the people don't bounce, you know, outside of me. <laughs> so I had to work at my side of it too as well. But those guys, I just, I they were very impressive and and very good uh, linemen that uh, I was able to play with. Um, all right. I mean, I know one thing that had to be one of your proudest moments was being inducted into the Vikings Ring of Honor. Can you tell us a little bit what your feelings were about that? 
Well, you know, I, I guess the, the 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 Ring of Honor was was something that was, you know, when when you you're outstanding for the years that you played and and all those seasons I played. Right, I guess you know, it, it, when they told me how many tackles I made, and I'm saying, I mean, how many? Fifty over fourteen hundred, whatever it was. And I'm saying, wow, that is a lot of tackles. But but again, all those players that you played with, you know, everybody making tackles, and and it's like you you do the interceptions and you do the fumbles. It's just one of those things that if I didn't play with the Purple People Leaders, I probably wouldn't be able to do all the things that I did. And then by blocking the kicks and blocking the punts. That's something that I kind of started for us, and, and it became, you know, a like in third in the NFL. They say I was, and it was just something that, again, those guys made it happen for me. And then, of course, Coach Grant told me I need to work at it, and and I did those things, and I worked at it, and it was something that I just really moved and worked at it. And it's just uh, it's just something that um, all that timing was just perfect timing being with uh, the Minnesota Vikings at that time with the pro people. Because if I wouldn't have been at that age at that time with them, you know, I wouldn't uh, probably be here today talking about this. On a uh, personal level, with uh, with your teammates, are there? Um, who were the players that you were uh, closest with and do you still uh, maintain uh, relationships with them today? Well, the, the best uh, player that I'm, I'm still connected with is Fred McNeil. He is, uh, again, the number one draft pick in 74. Right. When we were roommates and, uh, as, as well as, you know, teammates for – for what eleven years, and and today, you know, he's the one that has NFL concussion like I do, and so we just, I, I, I used to in my rookie year, I'd go out and stay with him, in in uh, California with him, with his parents, and and uh, and I I would go out there all the time, and and you know that's something that I guess when I, uh, uh, when I was a young guy. And and I guess the uh, going to see him out there was just outstanding because we were just friends. And uh, but to this day, I was just out there to see him. Uh, maybe was it the, in May? Or, oh, no, I'm sorry. To see you know, maybe April. I was out there to see him again, and I saw him earlier, like in uh, no, uh, October. But he has that concussion side. That he's staying at this uh, whole, this, this uh, hospital for for the uh, concussion side people, and and uh, and that's the part that I um, kind of like, uh, you know, we're, we're, he has it worse than I do, and he yeah. now and to, today he has to be every day to work with the person to help him go through his life. Because the the nurse has to uh, work with him um, every day, 
And before, when I was there before, you know, he was doing, he wasn't great, but he was in the in the rooms there and he was uh, walking around by himself. But now he has to have help even more because he can't lift his arms and he can't really, you know, move around. His, um, so that's what his uh, concussion is, is working on his, uh, uh, he, has uh, he has ALS right now, so. That's the part that's not good for him. Yeah, and I mean, I think the biggest shame in all this is you've got a billionaire corporation that built that off the backs of players that does not take care of players the way they should. That's right. Well, and I mean, I I think it's a shame. I mean, they—if it wasn't for guy, if it wasn't for you guys, there would be no Super Bowl with billions of people are watching, million-dollar commercials. And the fact that they don't feel like they should have to give back to take care of you guys, I think, is a huge injustice. Right, right, yeah, that that's true, and, and it's, it's something that you know that yeah, I, I guess as but the, but the part that I didn't quite understand uh, in his position, I never saw him get knocked out like I got knocked out in 1976. And that's something that I didn't know he was going through that process of it. You know, with all the tackles that I made, and then again, in 76 against the Washington Redskins, I got knocked out and they had to carry me to the hospital that that day. And then they let me play again against the uh, Rams. And uh, within, what, I think it was a week because they were in the playoff game. And and that's where you know I played, but again, and then but my concussion is not as as bad as his, and that's the part that I just know that you know it's you know to, to see him in that position, it's just a very emotional for me to 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 you know um, go through that process. But again, uh, I again the NFL has been helping the situation and they're doing a better job on it now and that's the best part about it and and uh and that's just something that uh you know it has to be taken care of and you know each day you live you have to work at things and and that's what uh it's been happening uh, with all these you know players are coming in and doing things that you have to work at it you can't just you know try to jump on it and jump on it you just have to work at it and make it work for yourself yeah, it's just a shame that they had to be forced to help. Um, but uh, we're almost out of time. we got about two minutes left. I really sure. want to thank you. It was an absolute honor to talk to you, Mr. Blair. Well, good to talk to you guys, too. And, uh, you know, I've, I've just been very thankful, and, and God has blessed me and gave me a chance to to do the things I have done in my life. And uh, and that's why each day you live, it's, it's a blessing. Well, I want to second what again, Mike said. Go ahead, man. Appreciate you being here. Just appreciate you being here. It was definitely an honor to talk to you and uh, reminisce uh, your, your great career. Well, thank you very much, guys, and uh, nice to have me uh, with you guys and, and talking about things that uh, was very uh, honorable to be a part of in my life and this playing in the NFL was just great. Well, hey, any if you ever want to talk again, we're always here. We'd always love to have you as a guest. 
Well, you guys want me to come back? Give me a call. <laughs> All right. We'll talk again then. <laughs> okay. But thanks, thanks a lot, Matt. All right. Thank you, guys. God thank you. you. All right. Have a good night. Okay. All right, guys. We've got a boxing show next Tuesday night. Uh, guests will be announced shortly on our Facebook page, which we've got a Grueling Truth Facebook page, which I suggest everybody go to like. Next Thursday night, we'll have not a 49er, because we've had, like, everybody that's ever played for the 49ers on our show. Everybody. Next Thursday night, we will actually have somebody from the greatest organization in the history of the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals, M.L. Harris, who mm. was a part of the Super Bowl sixteen debacle where the NFL cheated and the Bengals lost. But stuff like that happens so we'll go through that i mean he played in the freezer bowl he caught the last game or the last touchdown pass in that game which sent the mighty cincinnati Bengals up against the lowly san francisco 49ers but everybody knows the history after that we're almost out of time i'm just going to keep talking so matt can't respond to this either but <laughs> just so, laughing away good stuff I know you, I you, you, can tune, you can tune into the Grilling Truth next Tuesday night at 11 p.m. And then again next Thursday night at 11 p.m. I'm your host, Mike Goodpaster, speaking for Matt Andrews Scavage. You're listening to Grilling Truth, where the legends speak. Thanks. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.